Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Every game. Yeah, you want some? No. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, I'll look back at the bees' time in the bubble, and I'll look at possible off-season changes. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Looking back at the Bruins' month in the bubble, and it wasn't what I expected. Well, it wasn't what any Bruins fan expected. It's clear that the Bruins weren't ready for these playoffs. And it showed in the round-robin games. You know, you finish with the best overall record in the regular season, and you drop to the fourth seeds in the round-robin? Really? Come on, guys. You know, I did expect them to play the round-robin games with a little less intensity, you know, to avoid injuries, but not a fourth-place finish. I mean, I expected maybe maybe the top seed or maybe even second, not sitting there in fourth. So that really set things up for what was to come during these playoffs. All right? So I didn't really, after the round-robin, I really didn't expect much out of these guys So, you know, it really didn't surprise me. I mean, the Carolina series, they got a gift in this one. They got a gift in this matchup because Carolina played the Rangers, and the Rangers are horrible anyways. They're going to be good in the future, but, you know, Carolina just had had an easy time with the Rangers, and basically they got a, the Bruins got a gift out of this one. All right? And the Canes, you know, the Canes were an easy opponent. I know that they had a young young offensive talent out there, but their goaltending was a little questionable at times. You know, it's it's funny because if you take if you take a look at you know how things went, you know they really sucked in the in the priests in the um, round robin. They got this like little gift of of Carolina. I mean, Carolina's good and everything, but. You know, they're not good enough to get, weren't good enough to give the Bruins a little bit of a, I want to say a boost in in the playoffs. Okay. So, you know, Bruins basically got, got a gift in that, in that first round of the playoffs. Now, did Tuca's exit create a huge issue for the Bruins? I mean, you could say yes. I mean, don't, I mean, here's the thing. Don't blame Rask. Because the team played like crap in the Tampa series. All right. They played well, you know, against Carolina. I, you know, Halak played good, but 
you know, don't blame Rask for for this for this for the Tampa series. You just can't blame him, okay? You know, he takes a fall for a group of guys who couldn't score during five on five, okay? You know, do Bruins fans think they would have the Bru- the bees would have won the series with Tuka in the net with the same offensive production? No. These guys just didn't show up. So you can't blame, you can't blame, you know, you can't even blame Halak on this. You can't blame Vlad, Vladar, Vladar on this. You can't blame anybody but yourselves because they didn't show up. They clearly didn't show up, okay? I mean, the team was slow. They didn't take care of the puck. They had very little scoring chances. Very, And this team just didn't show up just didn't show up for against Tampa. I mean, basically last last night's game the first game of the Islanders Tampa series, Tampa basically came out and beat the crap out of the Islanders last night. So, I don't know whether it was the Bruins not showing up or Tampa just being that damn good, but these guys just didn't show up because if they would have shown up this would have been a different story. We would probably be talking about the Bruins and the Islanders in the first round of last in the first round last night, but we didn't. We're not. All right, because these guys just did. It's almost like that they they the minute they showed up in the bubble, they just shut everything off. Then again, who knows where their mindset was? You know when they first arrived. So who knows. You know, and you have to think about things like where was Bergeron? You know, the guy steps up. This guy always steps up in the playoffs. He basically didn't show up. I mean, he scored two goals in thirteen games. You know, one of the one of the games was the OT winner versus Carolina. Okay, so basically, two one of his two goals was that game winner. You know, I know he finished with eight points, but he should have been more productive. You know, he's. Patrice Bergeron, come on. You know, he shows up in those big times and he didn't even show up. Okay? He didn't he didn't show up. There's quite a few guys that didn't show up. I mean, Brad Marchand, he showed up. Scored seven goals, five assists with twelve points. David Krejci, he showed up big when uh with four goals, eight eight assists, and twelve points. David Pasternak, he was injured. He was playing with an injury. Kept falling down a lot. He had three goals, seven assists, and ten points. And then, of course, we have Bergeron. Tori Krug, who may not even be here next year, had uh, zero goals and six assists. Charlie Coyle in there. Charlie Coyle was impressive in this series. Or in the playoffs, I should say, because he showed up big. He always comes up big in the playoffs. Um, he had three goals, two assists for, for five points. And then you had Jake DeBrusque, Charlie McAvoy, Andre Kasha, Chris Wagner, Sean Corrali, you know, and the list goes on. You know, a lot of these guys just didn't show, a lot of these guys just didn't show up at all. I mean, even Zidane Ochara, you know, in 13 games, he only had two assists. You know, I would have expected a little bit more out of him, but I guess because of the ice, you know, the lack of ice time that he is starting, not the lack of ice time, I want to say, but, you know, due to the, you know, ice time he's getting, you know, he's, He's not going to be putting up the points, you know. So, you know, you had Nordstrom in there with two points. You know, guys were getting points in there. But 
one of the things that stands out is their plus minus. I mean, David Krejci was a minus five. Pasternak was a minus three. Tori Krug was minus six. So Charlie McAvoy was minus six. Chris Wagner was minus five. You know, guys were in there with the plus minuses of, of, of under, of, of like five or six, you know, Grizzlick was minus five. So everybody came, everybody but Marshan, everybody but, it looks like everybody but Marshan, Brendan Carlo was a minus throughout the whole, throughout the whole playoffs. So there, there's the story right there. You look at their plus minuses, you know, and they're right there. It's right there in the stats. You know, when you're minus six, that's in in 13 games. That's kind of sad, right now. But the team, I I know that everybody's saying, well, the team suffered injuries and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but still, you know, you still had those core guys that weren't really injured. Okay, I mean, Chris Wagner revealed that he had an irregular heartbeat that kept him out of Game Five versus Tampa. And the good news is he's going to get some more tests done this week. And he doesn't think that things are there's going to be any long term effects. So that's that's good news about Chris Wagner. And I hope he comes back because, you know, he he's one of those one of those top. I don't want to say one of those top players, but one of those supporting supporting players that really puts in a lot of effort during these games. Uh, Sean Corrali had a groin injury that kept him out of the final three games against Tampa. So, you know, we lost him for, for some games. Pasternak had a lower body injury throughout the whole throughout the whole entire playoffs. I mean, he injured it during the overtime win during uh, against Carolina. So he was never really the same. So his lower body injury. And that ex- probably expects a lot of time while he was falling down. So... Hopefully he'll be back next season whenever that starts. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll be back and he'll be back at 100% and he'll be able to put in a 50, probably would will be able to put in a 50-goal season this upcoming year. All right. Now, a little interesting thing, and players were doing their exit interviews and, you know, talking, you know, talking about being in the bubble. And Brad Marchand said he felt like the bubble was kind of a waste of time because the ultimate goal wasn't met. Yeah, it wasn't. So I don't think your time in it. I believe that the the time in the bubble for all these all, all these teams. It doesn't matter if you're the Bruins or you're the New York Islanders or you're the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, you're one of those quali- the Montreal Canadiens. It wasn't a waste. It wasn't really a waste of time for for anybody because they got back to entertain the fans. They got back into the bu- into this bubble to entertain us, the fans, who were missing hockey. So they came back. So basically, not only were they came coming back to taking a, sh- you know, looking at taking a shot at the Stanley Cup, but a lot of them were probably, you know, you know, coming back for us. Coming back for the fans who were the, who have who sat around for 4 months wondering what was going to happen in hockey, sports in general. Okay? So, you know, maybe Maybe the Bruin, maybe if it was a different outcome, it, you know, who knows? You know? you know, if the regular season and the playoffs would have continued in April, May, and June, maybe maybe the Bruins would would have a Stanley Cup right about now, you know, would be have a Stanley Cup, and they would be coming into camp 
right? This very week, camp would be starting. So they would be coming in as the Stanley Cup champions. But, you know, who knows? You know, if it was a different outcome, you know, if the regular season would have would have continued, we would have had playoffs, everything else, you know, things would have been just fine. But like I said, the players came back, all the players, came, all the teams came, not all the teams, but all the teams that came to the bubble were there basically to play for Stanley Cup. You know, some of them just went out and, but... I'm pretty sure a lot of these players came here to enter not only not only try to win the cup but you know give back to, almost like giving back to their fans. You know. So, you know, it it's going to be kind of I don't know if I was going to you know, if I if I would say this whole thing was a waste. I don't think it was. I really don't because I enjoyed watching the night all these nights of watching hockey in the middle of August. So, but we'll never know, you know, if the Bruins would have won the cup or not, had the season continued back in March, but it's time to move on to the 2020-21 season. That's if there is one. Haven't really heard anything yet on what they plan on doing. I don't know, you know, if they're going to do, you know, a, a, a shortened season when the season, well, when the season's going to start, you know, you keep hearing about the season starting in the second week of December, then I hear another time it's going to start in January, first week in January, where they're going to kick off the season with the uh, Winter Classic. So who knows when when that season is going to start? But it's going to be an interesting off season for the Bruins. It's going to be a short one, but one of the things, um, of course, is there's a couple factors in there, three major ones that come to mind. Of course, there's Zdeno Chara. Now, he wants to stay in Boston and continue to play for the Bees. Well, you know, the guy's, you know, up there in age, you know, and I th- I think that the front office will have to decide if he's still valuable, valuable at the age of 44. Now, I don't... See, here's the thing. Do you do you really risk have? I mean, I know his, his ice time has been, you know, coming down due to his age and McAvoy's been getting that ice time but still do you want to you know do you still want to if you're the Bruins do you still want to sign him for less money don't give him a huge contract maybe give him a maybe give him a one-year deal I don't know but you do have some younger defensive talent down in Providence that to me deserves a shot so who knows what's going to happen in that in in, with with Chara, who knows? We don't know yet. You know, we still have another couple of weeks before the Stanley Cup is given out. You know, we're gonna have. You know, of course, we're gonna have um, free agency. You're gonna have the draft and everything else. So who knows? But I think I think if he didn't get a decent deal, um, he would probably hang up his skates. Chara has been great. All right, he's been great throughout his whole entire stay in Boston. But he's getting up there in age. Like I said, he's 44 years old. He's slow and it, and it did show against Tampa. And you know, what happens usually what happens when a player, you know, starts to slow down and everything, they think of retirement. I mean, he has nothing left to prove. He's he's got not I mean, he's been in the league for 20 plus years. 
So he's got nothing to prove. I mean, I know probably his heart is with with the Bruins and he wants to bring another cup to Boston. That's great. But to me, he would only be hurting the team if he continued to play. Like I said, give those the give the younger guys down in Providence a chance to play. All right? You know, you know, there are guys down there, Lazan, uh, Vakaninen, a whole bunch of got young guys down there that could probably that could probably step in, because right now I'm starting to think that this is going to be Charlie McAvoy's defense. Okay, it's no longer Char's defense defensive. It's going to be it's going to be you know McAvoy's. It's not Char's anymore. I mean, you know, hang up the skates and maybe be part of the organization in some way. You know, go out, you know, maybe have him be, you know, a scout or, you know, scout, uh, something with the community, you know, something like that. And I only, the only way I see him coming back, maybe for a one-year deal, less money, is if they don't sign Tory Krug. Now, from a fan side, we're, we're all sitting here as Bruins fans, looking at a core player like Tory Krug and asking ourselves, how could this guy even think of leaving? Now, if you're thinking from his side, he's probably saying to himself, who's going to pay me what I'm worth? And this guy is worth worth a lot of money. I mean, think about it. You know, this guy's been 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 a core defensive player for a couple of years. You know, so who knows what's going to happen with that? That that's going to be the two interesting factors. Well, we have another one coming up. You know, Chara you know, does he retire? What happens with him? You know, Tory Krug, is he going to resign with the Bruins? All right. Nobody know. you know, these, these are going to be, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be like, what's going to happen? You know, who's going to go where? What's going to happen? You know, Chara going to officially retire. Tory Krug going to leave Boston. We don't know yet. I mean, he, you know, I'm worth it. You know, he's sit. Tory Krug is sitting there saying to himself, you know, I could probably make more money playing somewhere else, and I I would probably be a top def, you know the, the number one guy, the number one defenseman. I mean, I don't see him. I mean, I could see him going to Detroit. I mean, he is from Michigan, so who knows what's going to happen in, with Tory Krug? We're just going to have to wait and see what happens with free agency. And then there's Tuka Rask. All right, now. Him leaving the bubble, people were mad. People were pissed. I, I I was a little upset that he left, but you know what? Until we know what the situation really was as to why he left, we might as well just, you know, stick it out with this guy and just say, you know what? I think that, you know, we got to get, you know, we got to, you know, give this guy a chance. All right. Now, there's a good chance that Rask might look at retiring, or he could probably play out his final year. Now, everybody has been saying, you know, you got to get rid of him, you got to trade him, got to trade trade Tuka Rask, you know, trade him right now, you know, and there's other goalies available for the offseason, so, you know, there's, there's, a good, there's a good chance, you know, if he retires, the Bruins could pick up a pretty decent goaltender. But... Here's the thing. If you're going to go out and how are you going to trade a guy who's 33 years old with a price tag of $7.5 million? 
all right, in his final year. Who's going to want to give up, you know, who's going to want to want a, a goaltender that old? Well, technically that's not that old, but still 33 years old and $7.5 million. You know, unless you're a team that's like basically has a low salary cap, then, you know, then I think you 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 should have a chance. But I don't see anybody really going trading for for him. I mean, I can't think of any team that would want him at that price tag. You know, I can't. I just can't. And what is his trade value? What's the trade value of a 33-year-old goaltender that's going to make $7.5 million for his final year of his contract? You know, what What would the Bruins get? Like a third round, fourth round? You know, he's not worth a four, first round. There is no way anybody would give up a first round draft pick. Maybe a third or a fourth. Yeah, maybe. Nobody would give up. Maybe maybe the Bruins could work out a deal where they can finally get some scoring up front. Something decent. You know? So who knows what's going to happen with that one? I mean... What do you do? I mean, your your only your only hope your only hope if you're a Bruins fan is that he retires because I don't see anybody any but any team out there trading for this guy right now. I mean, yes, Tuca has has been to two finals, lost them both, and has some hardware on his resume. I mean, would it be worth it for another team to come by and make a deal with Don Sweeney? Maybe. I don't know. But I just don't see it. So the best bet is just let him play out his finals. Let him play out his final season. You know, you have Halak there. You have, you know, you have Halak. So just do what you did last year. Just rotate the two guys. Just get through this season. And if they, and if he plays awesome for you, great. If he doesn't, then it doesn't matter because he's going to probably retire after once his contract is up. I mean, he has talked about retiring, and he clearly didn't seem too eager to play in the bubble. You know, so who knows what's going to happen? So you already have, you know, you know, who do you replace him with? You know, I know you have a lock. You know, let's just say you get rid of him or he retires or whatever. You know, you already have Halak locked in for for another year. So basically, after next after next season, like I said, if there is one, you know, you ha- you're going to have Halak and Rask both retiring. What do you do? You know, you know, do you go out and sign a free agent goaltender? Do you go with Vladar as your number one guy? Who knows? But there are this year's um, free agency goaltenders. There's a lot of them out there. So I wouldn't I wouldn't expect the Bruins to do anything as far as goaltending goes because you know I think that Rask is is stays here for another year unless Sweeney can get himself a pretty decent pretty decent trade for 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 Rask and I just don't see that happening. It'll be an interesting to see what happens with free agency starts next next month, the NHL draft. You know, Tuca might retire. Who knows what's gonna who knows what's gonna happen in, in the next couple of weeks. You know, we don't know what's gonna ha- you know, as Bruins fans, we're like what's gonna happen? You know, is Kruger gonna go? Is Char gonna retire? Rask gonna retire, play out his play out his contract or get traded. There's a lot of things. 
But I do think the Bruins, it's time to reload. Not rebuild. I'm not going for a full re- rebuild here. We, I'm going for a just a re, just reloading this team up, not a rebuild. Let Chara and Rask retire. Let Krug walk. I, I think maybe Krug, Krug should walk. You know, let him go to another team. I mean, what? You have plenty of talent down in Providence. I have a feeling that one of those kids, Providence, Lazan, Vakaninen, and other guys they have down there. Could step up, all right? Now, the, th- the other thing is there's um, DeBrusque is also a, a free agent this year. He's an R, I believe he's an RFA. So I say keep DeBrusque and maybe go out and sign some free agents. I mean, there's some decent free agents out there. I don't know if you're going to be able to get them because of the money they're going to demand, but, you know, Mike Hoffman is out there. Tyler Toffoli's out there. Matt Martin's out there. You know, and, you know, this would add some scoring depth and some toughness to the lineup. Some of the, it's, you know, they lacked toughness when they were in the bubble. So maybe, maybe they need to add some toughness in via free agency. So who knows what's going to go on with that one? Because the bees need bigger forwards, bigger defensemen to keep the front of the net clear. So, you know, like I said, you know, go out, you know, keep the brusque because I like, I like DeBrusque out there. You know, he was he played pretty well. Uh, let me take a look. He had four goals in 13 games. So he didn't have any assists. So he basically had four goals. I mean, he had he had more goals than Patrice Bergeron. So and he played and but he was a minus minus three on the uh, in the playoffs. So. You know, maybe it's time to like just reload the team up a little bit. You know, bring in some other free agents. You know, let some guys walk. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know what happens. You know, I'm not talking a full rebuild where you blow up the whole team and you know, you know, start fresh. That's that's not the key here. The key here is to just to reload with some decent, um, de- decent goal scoring up front because that's what they lacked. In the playoffs, and that's what they really lacked throughout the whole entire regular season, because you're you're when it's only your top of the line scoring, you know you need guy you you need that supporting cast. So who knows? We'll just have to wait until next season whenever that's done. Now we are now into the conference finals, and guess what? No positive tests have been recorded in Edmonton or Toronto. <coughs> Excuse me, a little early in the morning. So. No positive tests recorded in Toronto or Edmonton during the playoffs this whole entire time. And I know that there were some fans out there saying that this was all a mistake. We're putting the players' lives on the line. Someone will test positive and they'll have to shut down the whole entire playoffs. So it's a waste of time. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. We're in the conference finals right now. Nobody has tested positive within within the bubble. I mean, we had 24 teams, you know, or 12 teams in each bubble. Nobody tested positive. Worked out great. Okay? So, that didn't happen. So, that's good news. You know, no, no positive tests happened. So, basically, those of you out there who have said... Oh, well, they're going to shut it down because somebody tested positive. Well, guess what? Nobody tested positive. All the players are safe. So basically, guess what? Ha, 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 ha. 
made you guys feel stupid. You know, because there's there were the ones out there that were saying, I'm not going to watch it because they're putting players' lives in danger and everything else. Well, guess what? Didn't happen. They're at the conference finals without any issues. You know, they still got a, one more one more round to go after this. But still, they made it this far without any someone p- testing positive. Anyone. Players, staff, everybody. So, guess what? Joke's on you guys. If you believe, if you believe, yeah, well, well we're not really believing right now because our Bruins are out. If you have a question for me, you can tweet me at HockeyNASCAR413 or go to my Believe in, Boston's face, Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. If you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening. Don't forget your, don't forget to wear your mask so we can all get back to the garden and cheer for our Bruins. Have a great week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.